Ah, it's a good thing I wore my John T-shirt then. Well, it's a bad thing that I wore a white T-shirt because I'm not a part of the black T-shirt club, like an idiot. Hey. Like oh. an idiot. <laughs> we hey, sent out a message. Y- it's yeah. There was it's a yin and yang, man. Yin and yang. There was a memo. Did you not see it? I left it on the printer. (laughs) Yeah, you didn't get the you didn't get that printer memo. You didn't get that memo. You're listening to the John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Hey everybody, welcome back to the John Chi Show. We are back again for another week, a really exciting week, an episode where we're just going to talk to ourselves, and by ourselves, I mean Patrick, KJ, and Nathan. Uh, I am Patrick, one of those co-hosts. Nathan, KJ, how are you doing today? Pretty good. I'm feeling chilly. It's finally under 100 to yeah. stay, hopefully, in Texas, and uh, that feels amazing. So, yeah, feeling good. That's nice. We've had some good fall weather here in Indiana this week. I'm really afraid that it's about to spike next week. I think that's supposed to be everywhere, though. So sure. Is Indiana yeah, fall for weather you guys. like 80s, though? Uh, it's actually like today and yesterday it's been in the 70s. So Whoa. and it took it didn't get to the 70s to like two. So oh. it's been like, you know, high mid to high 60s. Been enjoying that. Pants weather. Yeah, I saw that graph of the middle of the country being in extreme temperatures coming up. So I'll I'll send cool vibes your way. <laughs> Is it cool there? And it'll be it'll not now, but it will be. It's going to be decent 80s next week. But uh, right now it's like 95 today. So today was a little warm. Oh, so it's still hot for you. The weather so yesterday and today was the hottest of the week. Yeah. So, but what's decent 80s? Is that like low 80s? I say mid 85. I'm I'm tolerable at 85 to 75. That's 85 that would be ideal for me. Yeah, it's going down go the out. scale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if we're going like my, I mean, we, you know, if I'm going like ultimate temperatures, I want it to be like you know like 70 or 69, but it's just me. 70 or 69, a perfect yeah. indoor temperature. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of indoor temperatures, Nathan, what does John Chi mean for our new listeners? It's not a real transition. Yeah, it is. It's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, means to feast, which I guess we would be feasting indoors. And uh, we are celebrating and feasting on our adoption, heritage, stories, backgrounds, discoveries, and other people's stories and and culture, all that good stuff. And then an actual snack or drink at the end of the, the show, something that hopefully we've never had before. You know, uh, one of our – someone on Instagram reached out to us and – posted like tagged us in their story and they're like oh look it's john chi noodles but the mm-hmm. translation said banquet noodles and i was like i've never seen banquet noodles i've only ever seen it translated as like feast noodles but i guess that makes sense from like an adjective perspective but for my <laughs> from my understanding and also rolling 140 episodes deep it means to feast dang it <laughs> to feast <clears throat> i mean a banquet is kind of like a feast so yeah. it's kind of like adjacent to the definition but it's, it doesn't feel as good to say banquet hey oh for like the oh actually the episode we'll the try banquet it. boys is not bad Ooh, i but do like the, that it's not the, the same banquet as like the, boys. yeah <laughs> it's not the same as feasty boys it doesn't oh, have the same true. fun pun you know so yes let's the, just try it out a, for one week let's the, be the banquet boys banquet heyo all of that the, <laughs> see what happens yeah, there is a, a website that does say it's it's British, but it does say that the Korean word Jeonchi means feast or banquet. 
What does the British with, know? As in the noodle dish, uh, Janchi Guksu. Uh, Are there so, even yeah. any Koreans in Britain or the UK? I doubt it. I don't, I don't think, think any so. Koreans have left the peninsula, honestly. Oh, I don't on. think so either. <laughs> yeah, definitely not 200,000 of them. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> They've definitely not been shipped out. Yeah, hey, definitely if not. If there are out. some Koreans in Britain, well, I'm sure there are, uh, <laughs> I would be very jealous of their accents. Come on, how cool would that be to be a Korean with a British accent? I think that'd be awesome. Shout out to you guys out there. <laughs> Shout out. Come on, Via leave us a voicemail. I want to hear it. Korean Australians, just the British That's ones. That's true too. I love that Just also. the British ones. Just oh, no, the British and Australians. Just That's the fine. Brits. Um, I was going to say something else. Oh, we were talking about whether we the had had John G. Noodles before. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that we had them what? after our first live show no. when we were doing the debrief. I'm almost 100% positive. No, it was cold noodles. Breakfast noodles is whatever that was. I thought after the show... Are John G. Noodles not cold like name young? Uh, I don't know about... I've never had them. But I could have swore saying, that we had them. I could have swore. I'm saying after... Maybe this is the morning of it the was, show. Oh. Uh, but I thought after the show we had hangover soup. Yeah, that's what I thought. I could have sworn one of the dishes was not the John noodles. noodles. I didn't say that no, it was. No. Jerry tried to find them, but I think he uh, couldn't find them, and he yeah, went for hangover yeah. soup instead. Okay, that makes sense. So, okay, that might make more sense. That's why he's not our producer anymore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, looking at the soup, it looks very similar to the tukuk, but uh, with like, like more vegetables in it i guess mm. and some uh shredded uh fiber cheese <laughs> probably uh, strips just mozzarella. of beef eggs it's all the vegetables i mean it sounds very similar so <laughs> i want shredded pepper but, jack please. but noodles instead of uh rice cake noodles so mm. i don't know i, like I will look noodles. for it though hey maybe we'll have it next week maybe we will or this week i guess this week this weekend oh yes. let's be yeah, real it's this weekend this- this weekend, this weekend, we're going to be live in L.A. one more time. Oh, one yeah. more time. One yeah. last time. <laughs> one more time. Um, I'm sorry to everybody sing. who wants us to do our live show in another place that's not L.A. <laughs> I know. Sorry. <laughs> we're just going. We're just keeping it. Keeping it circular. On, going back was, to the same place. It was pretty unexpected, I think, this it was. particular year. Uh, it was. Because we didn't really have any plans for a live show and we're notoriously a hot mess on the show. Uh, but then, yeah, we, I don't even know what the contact was, but we're heading out to beta LA, which I think it might be the very first time, maybe second time we've talked about it live on the podcast. Um, but yeah, we we get to be <laughs> the keynote speaker for them, which is really exciting. Um, and so we're, we're going to do a live show on Saturday night, uh, mm-hmm. which we will probably release later on in life. Maybe not. Maybe we'll just keep it as a had to be there. And if you weren't there, <laughs> it sucks. If you weren't there, five dollars to if access five- <laughs> that content. Buy me a coffee. Buy us a coffee. We'll pray about it. We'll we'll have some prayers <laughs> about it. <laughs> but I am looking forward to it. I mean, I'm always looking forward to going back to LA. But for this one, I think it's going to be, you know, especially good just because there's, you know, we have a topic, we have people that we're going to meet, <laughs> people that we uh, know. I mean, it's it's going to be a good time. This yeah, one's going to be like, good because we have a topic to talk yeah, about. <laughs> year three, we don't feel like a hot mess. We're just like a, a slightly warm no, mess. We figured I feel it like out. It, I mean, discussing the process with them, uh, aka SF and everything, to figure out what we were going to do. I think we organized it a little bit better, um, you know, kind of came together on it first. 
not that our shows in, in Dallas and LA previous years were, or mess. I think they went great. Um, you know, we had interviews and things like that, but it's just it's a little different because we have to, we have to plan it with, uh, you know, another organization. And I like that. So we could have not planned it and made them just go with it how we normally do. <laughs> that would We're going to wing rude. it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel much more comfortable going into it this way though. So eh, I feel same, same comfort. <laughs> Same comfort level. Same comfort. Same That's because I, I planned last year. That's why. <laughs> yeah, Nathan's probably... You didn't plan the topic. Stressed. What no, did we even no, talk I about did. last year? Oh, we had last Stephanie drinking on. You, Stephanie. Yeah. yeah and then oh, yeah. Like, I just came back from Korea tonight. Back from Literally Korea. the week before. Yeah. See? There you go. Fucking Korea. So. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking miss me with that business. The first time. Both mm-hmm. times now. <laughs> that's for right. a, that's for another that's for another show probably. What were we gonna talk about today? <laughs> well, today I thought it'd be fun to talk about uh, who taught us to be Asian (parentheses American). Um, because I think one of the things that I've been thinking about, certainly leading up to our Beta LA event, but also just in life, as we've talked about exploring the identities. And who, what makes us who we are? I think something that we've not really explicitly taught or like or talked about on the show is who taught us to be American, who or what taught us to be Asian, who or what taught us to be Asian American. And I think we're still kind of figuring out what it means to be Korean and Korean American. But I just thought, like, obviously, we all have PhDs in what it means to be American, but are we able to articulate that? And how, like, what were those key influences? maybe early in life and then like halfway between early and now, and then now uh, that continue to influence and shape who we are and who we want to be. Mm. Nathan, this is not an ageist question or start, but <laughs> you've been here the longest. It is you've an age experience. Yeah, it's an <laughs> age of experience. In, in we're not ageist on the life. show. Okay, we're not ageist on the show. We're we age are aware. age aware. Yes. Um, I think you should kick us off. I want to hear kind of what, your experiences have been with this particular topic. Oh, I, I, I jokingly said media and TV first uh, to be American, but um, you know, I was, I definitely feel like a lot of my influence came from, from uh, watching TV and stuff back in Oklahoma, but uh, you know, and it's my parents. I mean, honestly, that was, is my parents who are very, I think um, well-rounded in and involved in everything from, you know, I don't know, just, things going on in the media to normal everyday life and stuff. So they just taught me the routine of, of what I felt was, you know, go to work, make money, eventually get married, have a family, you know, a very kind of all American kind of style of, of being raised, um, you know, go to church for a little while too. But did you hear a lot about uh, the American dream? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think from the very beginning, I, I actually did, you know, as far as like, you know, make money or capitalism or whatnot. I did want to, uh, you know, have a business of my own. And I think I was very entrepreneurial when I was in high school already. I actually helped out a lot with, uh, our, uh, high school or our, one of our, um, schools. AV like, club. No, it was, it was like a candy sh- store. Yeah, I know. I sold candy. <laughs> I don't know. I just, Things like that. Like I, I, I was involved in that kind of a thing. I mean, later in life, I, I looked into, you know, like, you know, stock market, buying houses, things like that. I actually got into things that made money. And of course I had a pyramid, a small job. Yeah. Things like that. 
You didn't make but, any money uh, selling candy? I did a little bit, but uh, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't for me. It was I for got the a school. lot of questions now about the candy. Oh my <laughs> gosh, this is candy. Yes. <laughs> Not that important. But um, yeah, and then I, de- I definitely looked into it. And I mean, I went to college just to do computers because I thought computers was the, the future. And I liked computers, but then eventually that actually transferred over to business administration. And so I, again, went into business and eventually wanted to start my own business and, you know, luckily did. But, uh, and then of course that goes into the next part of this question, what brought me out to California and then, yeah, then I started my own business, but I also, I think California is my next answer that taught me to be Asian. I know that's not mm-hmm. a person. So before you, you go on, A, what I'm hearing is you're deeply a business bro, which I don't think <laughs> I realize, but that's just good to know just from me. Yes. Um, but I, you said something that I thought was really interesting uh, because you you said like my parents or whomever taught me to be American. They like like raised me to be, but like you specifically used the phrase all American. Can you explain what that means to you like what is the prototypical all-american person for you uh eating a lot of steak and baked potatoes (laughs) that sounds deeply (laughs) Oklahoman. okay (laughs) steak and taters steak and taters uh no i mean uh, i mean just in general the food that i ate for sure I mean, I didn't really have much variety. I mean, we did go to a few Chinese restaurants and stuff, but I never had sushi. I never had Thai food or uh, I don't even, well, I had some Indian food, but none of that I had until really, really until college. Yeah. Everything was always either Mexican pizza, um, you know, American art, you know, style food, burgers and stuff. Brahms. Um, Brahms, lots of Brahms. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, I mean, again, it could have been the times too. There wasn't much access to, you know, the Brahms. different ethnic foods, um, in Oklahoma, but now there is, uh, now that I've actually gone back to Oklahoma, there's a lot more variety than when I was raised with for sure. Um, so it made it just have been accessibility, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think those are like the values of just, like I said, the family values, the stuff that I ate, the stuff that I did. I feel like all the things that I did growing up were, are things I would categorize uh, as being kind of American. Like table tennis? <laughs> Selling candy? <laughs> what are, Selling what candy, are we talking maybe. about? Table tennis, sure. Playing did a you sport. Lemonade Actually, stand? I played, I, yes. Okay, that feels deeply all American. I was in to Boy me. Scouts. Okay. I was also in okay. Boy Scouts. That's definitely all American. Yeah. <laughs> I played tennis, I played uh, soccer. Um, Neither of those strike me as particularly like like deeply American. If you to like football, basketball, then like all right, but I was never big enough for those two. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, fair. that might have been just uh, you know, You're like I don't want to die. Me. Yeah, but uh, but then yes, moving on to California, I think that's really what taught me to be uh, more Asian because I had a lot more uh, you know accessibility to those things that that I kind of always wanted to explore. Maybe just didn't know I wanted to explore it. And so, um, you know, I started having more friends that were Asian. Um, of course I met my wife and I would say she really was the next part of that question, uh, helping me to become, become Asian American because she's fourth generation. And so she had that already kind of ingrained with being both kind of Asian American already. And so she did things that were American, but also things that were Asian and, you know, opened my eyes to a lot of things like taking me to, um, you know, Japanese, uh, festivals or, or, uh, um, you know, Buddhist temple, you know, that her, her grandmother went to, um, you know, introducing me, she, this, the first time I ever had pho was actually with her. 
um, you know, going back to food and stuff, but it's like always comes back to food. With so you. It always comes yeah. back to food for me. I see why we do that final bit of the show. <laughs> uh, could do I a didn't whole realize show that your wife food. was fourth generation. Yeah, fourth generation okay. uh, Japanese, third generation Chinese. So, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I think that's really where I started developing all of those those those. Um, things that made me feel more Asian American. Um, yeah. and, and then I guess if you're going to ask the final part of that, which is the Korean American part of it, that would be kind of when I started, uh, that's probably about when I met Jerry actually is when I started helping out with collaboration mm. and it was a, um, like a talent show, Asian talent show. Um, and what part uh, of collaboration is a pun on Asian? Is it, it's, it's just K. the Asian part, right? No, it it's, collab- it's like collaboration it with spelled the same way, but with a K. What? Yeah. Okay. Is it a it's Korean thing? Asia. There's no it Asian. Started out. <laughs> yeah. It's just the Asian people, start- yeah. <laughs> not in the word. Okay. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. If it's not a pun, is it really Asian? <laughs> but it What's was an Asian. It was started by an Asian American. Korean. It was, yeah, it's Korean. Yeah. PK. And uh, he, you know, this organization had a lot of, I'd say a lot more Koreans that uh, helped out with it at the time. And it, you know, it grew a lot. It went all over the country actually in different spots, but, um, but yeah, I, I helped out with that one for like four years and, uh, um, you know, I learned a little bit from that and that's actually how I found out about, uh, AKA Dan's documentary was from somebody in that, uh, that group that, uh, invited me to that. And so, um, yeah, started getting involved that way. And that's when I started exploring Koreanness. Right on. Do you feel like okay. those two things blended? Like when you started to like hang out with Allison and explore a little bit more of your Asianness? do you feel like your American sides and your Asian sides blended in a way? Or do you feel like they kind of just bumped and you would navigate one and the other? No, I definitely felt they blended just because both of, she was also kind of blended. So I wanted to, you know, have more similarities. Sure. And so I would do more things that, you know, we both enjoyed that, uh, that felt like, yeah, it was just kind of a natural progression. Mind dancing. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say too, is for her being fourth and third generation respectively, like she'd be really fluent in that like Asian American, like that Mm. blended space already. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas I feel like for uh, certainly for first gen, maybe second gen, like they're still kind of figuring it out. But like by that point, they've really, there is a fluency because you're just like, I don't know, it just kind of is the backdrop that we live in. So Mm -hmm. yeah. So then it is like, line dancing <laughs> yeah. it's all there's a structure and form to it i get it yeah <laughs> that's interesting okay so um patrick what about you maybe we can start at like because i'm actually i'm curious what all american means for you and where did you get those ideas from sure i think all american to me like it means family values for sure i grew up in well, I think we all kind of did, but I grew up in really small rural Indiana. And so <laughs> we did all grow up in rural, but really small like town space community. <laughs> and I felt like when you think about all American, when I think about all American, I think about that. I think about predominantly white, to be honest, but like you play football, you go to work, you watch sports, you go to church on Sunday, you eat family 
or you, you, you eat, eat dinner family. with your family <laughs> and then you eat your family, family afterwards. <laughs> uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre style. Kate uh, um, Donner. But that's what I, I mean. That's what I really think about. I think too, something I was actually just writing about earlier today was there was a period in my life where I really thought I would always end up living my adult life in Rensselaer where I grew up mm. in Indiana and I think that to me is also what I would consider all American. Like you might go out and but like go to a to big where city. Your family is. Yes, mm-hmm. but you go back to where it is. You lay down your like those are where your roots are. You lay that down, you come back and and then you just build the rest of your life there. And so all American to me means that essentially. You kind of you can grow but in some ways you don't grow. So yeah. it's really interesting. I don't know. I yeah. think I'm still trying to figure it out. Like the term makes me instantly think of sports mm-hmm. because you have like in high school and college, you have all American athletes. Like that's yep. like a thing, like a accolade mm-hmm. that you can achieve. And so I think about that. Um, but yeah, I just feel like the town that I grew up in really just screams America to me when I think about what America is. So I yeah. think a 4th of July too. <laughs> nice, nice, nice big picnic. Yeah, Fourth of yeah. July I mean, that's a big summer cookout. Fireworks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a thing. Like the county fair, uh, lemon mm. shakeup, elephant ear, like that kind Funnel of thing. Cakes and corn dogs, baby. You know, four H, mm. like Boy Scouts too. You know, all these different things that you do in that rural area. Those are the activities that you have available to you. Farming, like you go out and you get in the tractor and you work the fields in the summers, pick up rocks, bale hay, do all these kinds of things. Like that's what I think of when I think about all America. Or all I, was gonna say, did you, I was gonna say, did you do that? Uh, I rode in the tractor a couple times. Um, okay. picked up rocks once, terrible. Um, but my family wasn't a farm family, so okay. I I like worked in a restaurant. I was a host and a busser, so that's what I did. When my friends were working in the fields, I was working inside. <laughs> Those ideas come from my parents and just the community that I grew up in. You know, like that's yeah. what it was. And it wasn't so much that I defined all American or what America being American meant so much as it was defined for me by this community. And mm-hmm. I never questioned what that was. Like mm. if I had to guess, or actually I know going back to 2000 when George Bush, W. Bush was running for president, like that whole town was gung ho about it. And that was, that was the first, my first real experience with an election. I was 10 years old, but we were talking about that in school yeah. for some reason. I don't know what I'm, what am I first grade kindergarten? I don't know how, what, when you go to school, what ages <laughs> that you're in, what grades you're in at what ages. But I just, I remember vividly that. I can also say definitively you weren't 10 years old in kindergarten. <laughs> okay. I didn't think so. I have no idea. Um, but that's like, like it was just so ingrained in every, every place that you went in the town that I was in. So no matter where I went, it felt like that's what America was. And when you would go to like somewhere like a Maryville or like a Chicago, I guess I will say Chicago is probably a better example. People don't know where Maryville is. Um, When you go to like Chicago, that felt very, it didn't feel un-American, but it did not feel like what I thought it meant to be American. You know, like go to like a place that was, would generally be considered more liberal Mm-hmm. that's really not what I thought it meant to be American. Like it was very conservative, you know, like 
we would always make the joke like you want to be a Republican because you don't want to be an ass because the donkey <laughs> is the symbol of the Democratic uh, Party. Like, God. seriously, that's what we yeah. that was the joke. And that's what we yeah, talked yeah. about. And like, it, that's what it felt like. And um, hmm. that's how what I always thought it meant to be American. And then when I went to college, it changed a little bit. You know, I like I became more liberal. I was definitely felt like I didn't really align with conservative values. And so the dynamic and the definition shifted a little bit, but I was still drawn home. And so really like that was always my, and I did still feel like I was patriotic in a sense. Like I felt like I liked this, the country, even if I didn't care for a lot of the history of the country and I was learning more about what that history meant. Um, like home was always a thing that drew me back. And that felt to me very American. Like for me, if I was going to define it at that time, that's what it would be. And I think that's just, that was just because of the influences I had around me growing up, like my parents, my, my family, my friends, you know. It brings up an interesting point, which we don't have anyone to ask because it's three of us, all three of us have been raised in the Midwest you know, you know, Indiana, Dallas, or Texas and Oklahoma. I wonder if the word all American for somebody who was raised in California in Los Angeles or something has a completely different view on that word. Oh, I take offense be to different. being raised in the Midwest. And I was going to say that's, I think that's <laughs> the south. Sorry, the like middle a, of the country. That's fair. How about that? It's mid south. Okay. I think it's got to be, and especially like you brought up, like for like for Allison, you know, like a child yeah. of immigrants, but for an immigrant family, like what what it means to be all American. I would assume it was different. However, I guess I could see the reality or the, I could see it being defined for them in the way it was defined for me. Like depending on where you end up, even if you ended up on the coast somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And that might be, and I'm just guessing here. And again, don't take this as, as the actual reason, but I'm wondering if maybe for them, all American means like capitalism, trying to get a really good job, make money, live in a, a big city, well, yeah, that's why, so that's house, why I asked right? you about the American yeah. dream, because I actually wanted to say, like, that's what I was always taught, like, you would go after. Like, that's what yeah. the goal was, was, quote, unquote, the American dream, like, which was you have a, a house. You, yes. Two kids, a house. You own a car. A you have a yeah yard and a fence. You have a good job. Your wife probably doesn't have a job. Tire, you know, tire swing where you throw the ball through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like <laughs> you, you raise your kids how you hope you want them to be raised, and then you raise, again, no, you, no, no, you raise them the right way, the right way. And yeah, yeah you go to church and every everybody Sunday. Knows like, what that means. you know, like, and again, that's what a, the the pull home was. Why I think for mm-hmm. a long time I felt like I was always going to end up in Rensselaer because again, I had just even when I got to college, like I still had this idea in the back of my head that like I was supposed to end up back there like that was always the goal see i didn't have that feeling i actually when i moved to colorado uh from oklahoma specifically to get away from oklahoma like i didn't even apply for an in-state school Mm. Uh, i i wanted to go explore i wanted to see bigger cities bigger towns a diversity i think and so that's what brought me actually to colorado and actually i wanted to ski so let me (laughs) okay let me throw that one in there too let me throw that in there too i don't want to be completely yeah yeah you're like i heard the food was good in colorado (laughs) but you see that's what's interesting denver omelet at the ihop and i was like all right this seems like a cool place to go (laughs) but see that's what's interesting to me and because my my experience was the opposite like i didn't Mm want to leave you know, yeah. like as much as I was like, I don't want to go to the same college all my friends are going because I'm like, I'm going to be different in that way. Like 
I was I still transferred back. I went to one college that was I felt like not everybody went to and I transferred after a semester. But I felt like I always like I was uncomfortable with the idea of going anywhere else. And like even when I lived in San Diego, there I was only there for a year and I still came back, came back to Indiana. There was all these places that I could have went and I never did because I think it was just one this idea of like living up to this whatever I was supposed to be for my family was always mm-hmm. over me. And I felt like I always had to do right by them. And like just the, just the societal pressure to succeed in the right way, whatever right. the right way is. Like I always, I felt uncomfortable in like trying to explore anything, even though I would go out and do it because I had a level of privilege that not a lot of people had to be able to do some of the things that I did. Mm-hmm. Like I would just, you know, if it got tough or something like happened that made me feel like, oh, I got to go, like I would always come back. And so, you know, I, I lament that a little bit. Some of the lost things that could I could have explored. Like I wished I had that resolved, Nathan. Like when when I was leaving for college, I was like, man, I got to be like where it's in state that works best. Like it's not too far. That's close enough. But, you know, it was a little bit different. And even then I left that and came back mm-hmm. to what was the most familiar for me. So I think I think it's just really interesting how we yeah. develop that. I'm interested to hear KJ now. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, for me it's interesting hearing your stories because I think my upbringing was so Christian that I understood America as like this is the culture we're trying to change. This is you know like in some ways and in mm. other ways it was like. Uh, it wasn't like, I don't feel like my upbringing was like, in my memory, I don't feel like it was super Christian nationalist, if that makes sense. We're like, sure. oh yeah, America's a Christian nation and we're blessed by God. Like, I don't know that necessarily any of the key figures in my life were like storm the Capitol level <laughs> Christian nationalists. Sweet. <laughs> I mean, good, legitimately, but like there are probably people in my life who like are that level Christian nationalist, uh, you know, just given where I I live. Um, But so I I always felt like I understood America as, well, this is how we don't want to be. America, teenagers having sex everywhere, but God wants you to be pure, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. You're like, in America, like the divorce rate is 50%, but God wants you to like stay married, you know, all like all of that stuff. So there's always this like, for me, this understanding of what it meant to be American as like against what it meant to be Christian and how like we were supposed to be like not of this world and we were supposed to be, you know, like different, set apart, whatever, all this, all this stuff. But at the same time, like that does give me like when I think all American, I think remember the Titans, just like mm, yeah, that sums up pretty much everything for me. But, and I was also in theater. And so, um, like doing the musical Bye Bye Birdie also really gave me a sense of like, is it like Conrad Birdie is kind of like a facsimile for Elvis Presley. And there's like one song that I was in the chorus of, and he's like, he's a fine, upstanding, healthy, normal, patriotic American boy. You know what I mean? Like there's just like a very clear sense of like America in the fifties, which obviously in the culture, like in the cultural uh, creative arts of that time and the things that are said at that time are, all obviously going to be white centric. So Mm -hmm. it was just like, it was white by default. And like, like when Trump and other people talk about make America great again, you know, like that's, that's what I thought America was. That's what I thought it was to be American. 
Um, even I think in some ways, I mean, I don't remember all the words, but like you get even the assimilation narrative in West Side Story mm. with like this super mm. fun uh, dance number where all the Puerto Ricans are like, I want to be in America. I want to be an mm-hmm. American, you know, right. like, and like, the other ones are like, right. well, I want to go back to San Juan. And everybody's like, they're all coming here to America, you know? So even like in that sense, obviously written by white people and, and all that stuff, but like, there's still that sense of like, yeah, being American is the best. And so like, yeah, for me, my sense of all American is really dominated by like media and culture and, and taking all of that in. Um, and so I think like to, to what all of you have named, um, I don't know that I have anything to add necessarily, but I just had like this very strong sense of like, this is what it meant. And then for me, like for me growing up, it was like, well, what does it mean to be Texan? And I sure. think that was the other big thing that I had to wrestle with. And I was like, yeah, it's like, I was like, I'm never going to be a cowboy, but I want to have like cowboy morals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I want to, I want to work hard and take care of my family. If anybody comes in here, I'm going to, I'm going to fight to to defend my family, protect right. my turf and you know, all that, just like whatever, like any of that, like super masculine, whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was no room for any type of like more feminine expression right. of, of yourself. But that's who I am naturally. Like I have a more feminine self-expression than most men. So like I get that. Uh, but like, so, so there's also like, yeah, so that's, I think generally like my sense of what it means to be American is skewed by the eyes of like, well, this is who we don't want you to be in a church world. And I also like had the really unique privilege of being able to travel to a lot of different countries and a lot of different continents right. by 16. And I think that that was pretty uh, eye-opening. Like I was watching Trevor Noah, like his first stand-up with my wife. And um, he said like, I hope that all of you go to a different country where you don't speak the language. It's an incredible experience. Because I, without saying as much, it's like it makes you feel so small and insignificant and you learn that like other people are great too and like there are right. other ways of life. Like it just like forces you to expand your horizon or forces you to like retreat back into yourself, right? But I think like if you go and you experience that, then like it really does change who you are. So on top of being able to travel, we also had like a lot of international students come and stay with us and like being able to like I had a pretty cosmopolitan worldview. So I think that my sense of what it meant to be American was shaped by culture. It was shaped by like other people's ideas. I don't know that anyone necessarily gave me uh, a strong sense of that. Um, It was just shaped by like, well, here's how we perceive America to be in culture. Here's how we perceive America to be from the lens of like the church. Here's how we perceive America to be from the lens of like my international Korean friends or my international German friends or my international like Colombian friends or, you know, whatever that looked like. So it was always like from some really unique perspectives as opposed to just like all the white people in my life just were like, yeah, this is what it means to to do that, you know? And it's funny that you bring up George Bush because like, for me, it was like, oh, yeah, it's cool because he's from Texas. And sure. That's cool, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it was just like, that was like a, but I felt like, oh, yeah, America. And then 2001, September 11th happens. And then I really get a sense of like, yeah. I'm proud to be an American, <laughs> right? And then yes. I'm like, flash forward 20, not 20 yeah. years, 10 years. And I'm like, I don't love this at all, you know? So, I, but I, so that's like, I guess the, quickly where where it was and and where i kind of am now um for what it means to be what i think of as all american like the prototypical and i remember we'll add this too um because my sense of being american 
and like fitting in was so dominated by essentially <laughs> the essentially just remember the Titans. I was mm-hmm. so excited to be on the football team and to have mm-hmm. lettered and like done that, even though it was a small Christian school and whatever, like they weren't saying no to anyone because I li- literally needed bodies. But like <laughs> I could say like for a year, I played varsity football in high school. Right. Yeah. And my wife was a cheerleader. So like for a minute, like I was mm-hmm. the football player dating a cheerleader. And yeah. that was really important to me, even though at the time yeah. when we started dating, it wasn't actually playing football anymore. But like that was so important to me because it felt like I had done some like high school version of the American mm-hmm. dream, you know, right? Uh, like whatever that like that level of, of achieving that is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I feel I was the exact same way. Like being involved in sports was like the thing I had to do. And I think what's really interesting is that, you know, I felt like I really leaned into what it meant to be all American by participating in sports. I was a three sport athlete every single year. Like I was always involved in something. But this other part of me that I would consider kind of like you talked about, you know, uh, just operating in like expressing yourself in a more like feminine way was that I was deeply emotional all the time in a way that really was counter to like how my parents acted or like what I learned about emotions, especially as a man, like as a male person, you don't show your emotions. You don't be sensitive. Like don't cry. I was doing all that stuff all the time. And that was the one thing that I always pushed back on and like held as my own it wasn't emotional intelligence. I was definitely probably very problematic and harmful in the way that I expressed my emotions a lot. But I would, when people would tell me to like, oh, don't cry or whatever, like I would still do it. And like when I think about my experience of like being American, like I think I, at the end of the day, it wasn't about being American. It was about being accepted in any form. Like, that's why I played sports in the way that I did. Like, that's why I pursued everything that I wanted to pursue was because I felt this was the way that people around me will accept me. And I think my biggest fear was that everyone was going to leave me, even though I couldn't articulate that's what I was afraid of. Like, that was what I was, my fear was growing up, even after even going into college was that I would lose my best friends. I would lose this group if I dare venture off and do anything different, anything for myself. It felt like I never did anything for me. It was always to the benefit or to please another person in my life because I felt like I would lose them. And to even try to articulate that would to be claiming not to be American, essentially. Yeah, because nobody could under nobody would understand. At least I felt like nobody could understand that because I don't think I understood it at that time. So well, but that's the that's like the adoptee. One of the common adoptee sure. perspectives is like we've already like we're in this new place and we feel this strong sense of not belonging. So we're gonna like gonna do everything you can to make sure that you belong. That's probably why dating Sarah in high school, the cheerleader having been a football player, I was like, ah, oh, this, that's why it felt like such an arrival because like, right. I was like, this is like, no one can, can say I'm not supposed, like, I'm not doing it. I'm not like fitting in essentially, even though I don't think I, I didn't think of it as fitting in, but I, what, what I, I did think of it as was fitting the prototype in mm. my mind mm-hmm. of 
what it meant to be all American, you know, like in some ways a high school KJ had arrived at that sure. moment, you know, An accomplishment. Because, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because like that was, and that's why I think talking about the prototype of what it means to be all American is so important because like on some level, and that's not even to talk about like the gender dynamic of that. Right. But right. On some level, like that's part of, and I think that's part of what it, I think how adoptees can so often navigate the other tack of it being like, well, just, fuck everything and just like reject all of it right and just be like because you're like well i was already rejected so i'm just gonna forge my own path and then you like you know and i think that those are like the two maybe common narratives you know with a lot of gray space for personal expression and things but i think that like so it just is i think important to highlight like this prototype that we're working with that we were working with when we were growing up where it comes from and how we the three of us have navigated trying to fit in, reject, move away from, alter, you know, ourselves according to like maybe that earliest prototype that we were given. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that, well, that's why I think it's really hard for me to answer like who taught me how to be Asian. Like, because I so deeply rejected being Asian that even when I would watch film, watch TV, whatever it was, I couldn't relate. And yeah. so I wasn't learning how to internalize this culture or this identity i was like oh that's funny oh that's cool jet lee is doing something cool jet lee's in a movie with dmx that's dope like i'm like <laughs> but it wasn't about like being asian if anything yeah. it like made me uncomfortable to even think about it in that way and mm-hmm. so like again it would be you know having to go on this journey to really even start to think about myself in a way that ran just counter to how i'd always thought about myself And so, like, I don't know, like, to answer that other part of the question is, like, I don't know who taught me to be Asian truly. Like, if anything, I learned from you both. I learned from the adoptee community who've developed their own definition of what it means to be Asian. And that's really where I feel like I'm coming in now is, like, I want to define what that means. Korean American Story just posted a short video of an interview with a Korean adoptee. That's what he talked about was like, I'm, I want to define it for myself, what it means to be Korean, because all the definitions that were presented to me didn't fit the experience that I had. Yeah. So going back to what you said about, you know, seeing, seeing, uh, representation in the media, do you think that helped at all? Other than you saying it's cool. Do you think the more you saw, uh, Asians represented like Jet Li, you know, Jackie Chan. I know it's the stereotypic Asians, but then moving on to like Justin, you know, um, Lynn and things like that. Did that make you feel more Asian? Or I'm going to be honest. I don't, you? for me, I don't think that it did. You don't think like, it did. Okay. Uh, like I never even, even I'll say even up to like being 29, like I never, mm-hmm. when I see an Asian person on screen, I was not thinking about representation because I really didn't think about myself as Asian. I've got, like, honestly, like, as much as I moved to a more liberal idea of who I wanted to be and, like, had more liberal ideas about gender and about race, you know, and, like, understood, like, Black Lives Matter and understood that it's perfectly normal and totally fine to be trans or queer. And, like, I can support those communities. And, like, everything that we did to indigenous people here was horrible and wrong, and we need to be held accountable for that. I could never, I never once, I don't think, ever thought about what it meant to be Asian and that there was anything, any history about what Asian America was. You know, I never thought about, I honestly, I can't even think of it right now. Like, I never, I don't think ever thought about 
that no matter what I saw on TV, no matter what I heard from other people who might share, no matter even the Asian people that I met or worked with, like I never, I was, if I was Asian, it was because I was joking about it. And I was just joking about it because that made the other people around me feel comfortable. I just, and I just like, I never wanted to explore it because every time I had to talk about being Asian, I had to talk about being adopted. Mm-hmm. And I hate, I honestly, I just hated talking about that. Like when, and I, when I worked as a bartender, every, I, every time on a lunch shift, there'd be like four people. They would ask me, you know, what's your ethnicity? And I would tell them. And then, the, and I would be like, I grew up, I was adopted though. And I grew up in Indiana. And then they would ask me all these questions. And mm-hmm. like, I'm just like, that, that's what it meant to be Asian. It was to be adopted and to have to tell everybody to explain to everyone every single time that what my story was. And I just, I hate, I hated to do that. Yeah. Did I tell you I was also a bartender, but it was owned by a Korean? <laughs> by who? <laughs> a Korean. I and, think. Uh, oh, nice. A Korean so? couple. But the only reason they hired me is because I had computer background and he wanted to ask me some questions. That's yes. hilarious. <laughs> that, yes, I do remember that story. Yeah. Yeah. It, Patrick, it sounds like you were really coming up against like your own like imposter syndrome with being Asian. A hundred percent. Like, like, especially having people ask you like, oh, where are you from? You'd be like, oh, no, but I, I want to move on. Then you said I'm adopted. And then like, oh, tell me more about that. And you're like, that's literally the part of the story that I hate most. Like, cause I don't. I don't want to get into that yeah. shit. I just want to give you your drink and then you tip right. me and then maybe <laughs> See, we have funny. a good time. I feel like, like, let's talk about, let's talk about basketball. I yeah. never learned Purdue. that if I would, if I offered that information up, that that People was the wrong like, answer. Oh yeah. 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 Because then yeah. they would want to, ask, I was Follow hoping that up. that would preempt any questioning. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, you won't ask me about this every single time they ask me about it. Yeah. <laughs> so KJ, yo, what, your, your time, your turn. What does what, what help define being Asian, um, Asian for you. in the 90s and and you, we talk about this in a, a future interview that'll come out later a little bit but in the 90s like Chinese stuff was everywhere uh, that was and my parents and I've said this before my parents always celebrated my ethnic Koreanness, and so I was always cool with being Korean obviously I could look at a map and see that it was on the continent of Asia and like plenty of people told me I was Asian. So I like, it was like, okay, cool. Uh, and so I just was grasping for anything. So a lot of my early Asianness came from like Chinese culture from <laughs> like Chinese-ness in American pop culture. Mm. Uh, so it was Jackie Chan adventures. It was rush hour. Mm. It was like early days, fast and furious movies. It was Jet Li. It was kind of Bruce Lee, but that was like, not right in my timeline but then so like reading um interior chinatown like that really deeply resonates with me because like he was like oh yeah like the conceit of the show was like you're you know it's a chinese person asian person like one day you'll work up to kung fu guy and that's the highest that we can go but to do that you have to be like here's like asian shopkeeper here is like the grocery man here's like guy who dies asian guy who dies and gruesome death number one here you know like so you just kind of move your way up and, and it's a really good book but like all of those like kind of prototypical roles of an asian american certainly chinese american in like that 90s era uh, that was very like top of mind for me. So like Kung Fu guy just deeply resonated with me. I was like, well, yeah, of course I'm going to grow up to be Kung Fu guy. Cause that's who I want to 
be. That's all I can be as an Asian. Like that was like we talk about like high school KJ, like the pinnacle of all Americanness was high school like football dating high school cheerleader, right? But like the pinnacle of Asian Americanness in high school was like uh I guess kung fu guy. Mm-hmm. Did or, you take kung fu or martial arts? Uh I tried to once and it didn't really take and I was like, <laughs> well, what if my hand breaks? You know, yeah. cuz it looks the way it does. So Patrick, did you? Um yeah, I was in karate for like two, three years, maybe. Oh, okay. Taught by a white man. So yeah. I was gonna lo- say most looking of my back, like fairly problematic, but most of my martial arts sense yeah. came from The Last Samurai featuring Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so that's uh that's like where my like, oh, the way of the warrior. Yeah. Bushido. Yeah, yeah thank you, Tom Cruise, for telling me about those things. <laughs> so yeah, it was just like, but that was like that was important to me but that was the pinnacle because i also wasn't cool enough to be on early days youtube so like a lot of like the asian youtube stuff i wasn't really proud of but it was weirdly in um and this is the i guess the the third space like i was in the aim chat rooms and was aware of like azn culture and i didn't really know that that was a thing because i was still too young to really get culture just like as a concept um but i was like oh yeah Maybe that's, I, I can feel like a part of this. And then like many years later, found out that that like totally was a thing. I was like, yeah, Asians and like, you got like Asian culture, you got like the fast cars, but they're always imports and the tuners and they're like, you know, all that stuff. So it was like, yeah. So like a lot of what I learned about Asian-ness and I think Asian-American-ness was kind of that like, that like LA version of Asian plus like Latino culture that just kind of blends in together as the, well, you're not white and you're not black. So I guess this this is the third space that you occupy. Uh, and then later in life, more present day, like South Korea has dominated so much that it's like, it's really interesting to think about what it means to be Korean in the current cultural climate. Mm-hmm. I have a confession. So when I moved to California, I tried to fit into that category as well, and I got a uh, Acura Integra Type R. <laughs> I, pimped <it> out. <laughs> I pimped it out with like lots of subwoofers and and things like that. It was probably so, pretty dope, to be honest. Like was, I liked it. Lighting. It was a nice car, but like a, yeah, with lighting, LED, like a straight and, pipe yeah. exhaust. Yeah, yep, like- <laughs> all of that. And I, it's Just it's interesting frames. when I think about that because you know that's like the opposite of. Of where kind you of came from? Where I came from. Yeah. It's like I'm yeah. trying to fit into like a different culture all of uh-huh. a sudden. Like assimilation. Again, I'm assimilating into California culture. And so, um, yeah, it's very, I don't know. It's very, I actually, <laughs> let me, and then I think about it. Did I actually buy that right before? No, I had a regular Integra in uh, Colorado. Yeah. So I had an Integra yeah, like first. I upgrade. And then I bought the better, yeah, the better. But I can't Integra, go with but, that Mitsubishi Lancer Evo 3. Oh, <laughs> uh, the thought about it <laughs> yeah i mean i will say that i've been dealing with some other stuff just recently and to hear you both share your experiences with like engaging with asianness in any way like i've been really grappling with just like a lot of shame around my entire experience for a lot of different reasons and like i don't know i feel like it's just sitting here listening i'm like it's bringing it up again like and i'm feeling like it's not like it's not like you are putting that on me you know it's just <laughs> i think about what I didn't do, all the things that I didn't do. And one, it makes me feel ashamed. And two, it just makes me angry again about <laughs> everything that adoption feel. I feel like it takes away from the person mm-hmm. who experiences it. So 
not to bring it down and be a bummer, but <laughs> after we're talking about your cool car stuff, but it's just <laughs> no. like, uh, it's just like, I don't know. I'm just sitting here see, and I'm like, I didn't even do that. Like I didn't yeah, even no. try to, to do that. Well, you, like, you went to San Diego. I yeah. Mean, but I was like, I wasn't hanging out with Asian people, you know, like I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah. You know, I was just out there mm-hmm. and I was just, I'm doing something different. It's, no. Yeah. I don't think that like, I mean, it sounds like Nathan had the most opportunity and time to interact with Asian and Asian American culture. But like for me, it was literally just like, yeah, I like Rush Hour, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like I, I watched Jackie Chan Adventures growing up and that was like, I mean, that's like as close to a, and really it was like my parents went to China on a mission trip and they brought me back a t-shirt. Uh, and so I wore that for Halloween so I could be kung fu guy for halloween like that's like that's it that's all i got and realistically like the impact on my life is zero but i still think like the the point of that is not to certainly not to bring shame um but actually just to highlight like however we were and i guess this is really part one (laughs) of a longer series um but it was like who we were then and those mental models of like what it means to be American, what it means to be Asian, what it means to be Asian American. That's something that we say at the top of many of our shows. Uh, and I don't know that we've explicitly talked about that. And I think that it informs being able to articulate who we were and how we were reacting to those prototypes Right, tells us who we are now and gives us like choices to be it gives us the option to be intentional about who we want to be moving forward. And I think especially right. this is in some ways we're going to talk about at Beta LA. Uh, it's not like totally it, but like it's adjacent. Um, but I think like the next kind of grand overarching arc of the show is really thinking about like now that we have, we're almost at 150 episodes released. What does it mean for us to think um clearly around and intentionally around like who do we want to become and can we voice that and can we like highlight that path so that if people want to go that way they can if people if, if we take a different path and we be like oh this is where we like you know like we want this to be like, we want this show to be a place where people can feel like wherever they are on their journey they're they're welcome uh and if they're on like parallel paths or whatever like they're welcome like it's not it's just like a we're here to talk about our lived experience and hopefully to encourage each other to grow and to really right. just be intentional about who they want to become next. The past is the past. And all it can tell us is how do we want to move? How do we want to move forward? Yeah. And to your point uh, um, at the beginning of the show here, uh, Patrick, uh, not to be ageist, but I am 16 <laughs> years older than you. And so for you to be experiencing the things that you're experiencing now and for the past three years brings me, you know, and not shame or yeah, know, a little like, bit I was of just envy. Buy a stupid Acura. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> At your age, in this economy? <laughs> exactly. So 16 years ago, when I was your age, I had nowhere near the knowledge that you have right now sure. or the awareness well, of going the, full dad the current, right yeah, of the current stuff that, I mean, that we're talking about. So that's where I get envy is if I had started this journey 13 to 16 years ago, I would, I would feel much, um, I don't know, just more enlightened. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I mean, I don't envy me just because I did this so long ago and had a, had a played tennis and bought car. An Acura. right. Well, it's like you made, <laughs> like so. you just, you, you, you went for it in a way. And like, that's the yeah. thing like that. That's what the shame is. It's like, I didn't even try to go for it. Like I was so 
afraid yeah, but to 16 do that. Years ago, you were 16. <laughs> that, but still, like I didn't even try. And then, but the, it's I appreciate you saying that because I also say that to younger adoptees who I come into contact with is just like you know if I were asking these questions, having these conversations when I was your age, man, yeah. how far along would I be now? How much more enlightened <laughs> yeah. would I be about exactly. who I am and, you know, what I want to like, do? I don't even have to die. I'm already at Nirvana. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> but I, I totally agree, KJ. I think you said it really beautifully. You know, like, if we can be intentional about who we want to be and how we get there and to be able to reflect intentionally on who we were and how we got to that point and to begin with, I think it's really important. And, you know, I'm glad to be able to do the show with you both and to be able to have these conversations and hopefully somebody gets something out of that as they move along their journey. Yeah, 100%. And now it's our turn to be intentional moving to snack time. All right, yes. we can do that. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Snacky snack. Banquet hail. Banquet hail. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the John Chi Show Banquet Hour. Banquet, banquet Hour. <laughs> nice. I think we found a tagline that sticks for this portion. <laughs> banquet, banquet time. Hour. It's the banquet time. Um, yes. So today we are trying something that I think Patrick, actually, I think all of us are going to like, but I know you Patrick know specifically because like he loves chocolate. Ooh, that's the what deep, that I love the deep chocolate. That's yeah, this one is called <laughs> Deep Chocolate, Deep Choco is what it says on the front of it. Um, and it is, uh, yeah, I don't know. It looked interesting. It's made, didn't we, we figured out that this is pronounced Heite, right? Oh, yeah, it is hey pronounced Heite. I was hi-tai. literally about to say hi tie, but yeah. I was too. <laughs> and then I remembered I corrected myself. There you nice. go. And it's Heite. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, chocolate, delicious and premium cookie with a perfect butter taste. Deep Choco. Um, so yeah. Did you know? know Smile pack. I appreciate that you sent me four. I don't you're know, welcome. KJ, if you got four. <laughs> but is it because four. of the amount that come in the package, or is it because you're like these things are tiny when you felt? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it had a lot, and like uh, 18, 18 in here, and so I kept four in case I was going to send it to a guest, which I did send some to mm. uh, to, to Penelope actually. But uh, um, yeah, so I just wanted to make sure you guys had a plentiful sampling. And enough Ooh, to share. This you know, good. I'm appreciative of that. Yes. Oh, this does. is a smile package, too. Oh, yeah. Smile packaging. AJ is smiling as he puts that in his mouth. Oh, so. yeah. It looks, mm. and honestly, and I, I don't want to, you know, ruin before I eat it, but it, it almost reminds me of a Girl Scout cookie mm-hmm. just by looking at it, kind of. So. This oh, is this good. This is melted a little bit. Mm. So, yeah, Boto, Boto Ding. Deep oh, man, that smells so good. It's got a little bit of coconut, okay. I think. Yeah. Which is really a nice finish. Um, I don't like coconut. I'm not going to lie. Do you not? No. Okay. I don't think this it has pretty coconut good though. in it. It hits like coconut to me. I can like, see where um, you're getting that from. Yeah, I can see where it doesn't have any in it, but it... Hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, I take my, my comment back. Oh, it's Sarah, not like a Girl Scout cookie. Sarah has entered the chat. Okay. She, she heard this. deep chocolate. She, she heard was like, deep oh, deep you're a chocolate cookie? I would like this. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't oh, reminds four? me. <laughs> but, uh, okay, it reminds me of the cookies that you get in those metal she tins. She gives a thumbs up. Yes. Out of five? Yes. 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 Five out the of circular, five. Five oh, out of five. Circle, yes. circle metal tins. Yeah, the circle this metal is like the cookie thing? that's inside that. Like the shortbread yeah. cookie oh, with man, like the chocolate on it? Man, I want some of those. 
Yep, hundred, hundred percent. This is and, great. And as long as it's not sewing equipment, it's. I don't love the packaging. It's still kind of hard to open, but uh, otherwise, oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's all. It tastes kind of like a Milano cookie. Is yeah, that right. Kind of. Yeah, a little more buttery. Good quality chocolate and good quality butter cookie. Good job, Heyte. Good job, Heyte. <clears throat> I have nothing more to say because yeah, it's that is simple. There anything interesting else? Anything else interesting I, on the package? I, 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 I thought it was pretty I easy. Really it's a little difficult to open, actually. It's like like the initial tear is good. Yeah. But then beyond the, that point, it gets halfway, it's very it's annoying. Tough. Okay. So this is one thing that I'm a little confused on is the calorie content. Okay. Yeah. Um, serving size one eighteenth. So one cookie. Take a guess how many calories one cookie has. How many? 300. Accord, according to this, to this, the one cookie, 525 calories. No. Shut up. <laughs> what? I don't believe that. Shut the front door. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. How? I, I feel know. like we've had full bags of snacks. That's yeah. Telling me I just calories. ate 1,500 calories. You ate three. <laughs> Heck yeah, I did. They're so snackable. They are it's so snackable. This is a tiny snack. How send, me is this picture, send me a picture of that. Of 63 that, uh, grams of carbohydrates, uh, 16 grams of saturated fat, yeah, 5 grams of protein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now I have regrets. <laughs> now I have regrets. I, I definitely wish I had known that. A little <laughs> before I you just ate don't three even, cookies. I know. I was a little surprised at that when I, I at first I thought it meant the whole package. Like, oh, okay, the whole package of this, the whole box is 525 calories. But it says one eighteenth of the pack is a certain. I gotta look this so, up. Uh, approximately 100 grams. 103 so, grams. Yeah, is 525 calories. And oh, this website the package is too has This website, yeah. Are you on the New World Mart? Yeah. <laughs> Korean Mart with a C? Yeah. I am. I am very surprised if that is is the case. This is not good content. We're going to figure this out off air. Yes. Um, this is great content. Okay, so now <laughs> out of five... <laughs> that's the clip is just Wait, us yeah. on our computers trying to figure oh, out no. what, what the calorie count is oh no did the you figure it out facts are 10 per serving a serving is 10 grams what no it's this is huge all right, all right. We I've, get only into ratings. Two, I've only ate two so i feel oh, not as bad because because i've eaten done. my apparently my entire caloric daily intake uh, uh, apparently i just ate a whole cookies. stick of butter um, <laughs> I still give it a five out of five. Like <laughs> <stick> of butter. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give one individual cookie a five out of five. Any more than that, rating starts to plummet because Obviously. it's really bad for you. I'm gonna I don't feel bad a, yet. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I should give this like a. I was gonna be a five out of five, <laughs> but I think I'm gonna give it a three out of five. Hey, I want to hear what Sarah's revised rating is. I'm not gonna. I don't know if I can tell her a good conscience. Yeah, she might go into shock. She, sorry, I just poisoned Wait, you, Sarah. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, here's what I'm giving it a three. 
It's amazing. It's so, so good. <laughs> I would be so pissed off if it was Thanksgiving and amongst mm. all the desserts. Oh, yeah. There's like a serving of pie. There's like a serving of uh, another pie, you know, whatever. All <laughs> a serving of sweet potatoes, a ser- whatever. Uh, a ladle a of gravy. single butter ring deep choco cookie. And be like, well, these are all the caloric equivalents. I'm like, I'm so <laughs> angry right now. I agree. So this, hey, Tay, this is too American. You, <laughs> yeah, you done us dirty. For this, you, this is an all-American <laughs> dessert, and that's rude. I was expecting some Korean-ass <laughs> cookies. So, yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. it was, I guess for like, what's, what's the uh, Korean equivalent of this? Like a fifth. So one, one-fifth of this gets five out of five but the total thing three out of five yeah Man, i gotta go for like a walk insane. now or something yeah <laughs> i need to go yeah go run a mile yeah that, I, and i've been not eating after nine except for when we've done the show <laughs> and, and i've been really good about it this a week thousand calories. And yeah now i'm like yeah. i gotta like do some push-ups or something yeah. what is happening <laughs> I, i'm gonna research this uh this i don't know <laughs> the, uh, trying to find translation. any way to say because that says, this is not correct yeah, because it says one fifty-five kilocalorie Dude. on the package. So, do any of you have a food wondering. scale? Can you weigh a cookie? Because that would me? make more sense if it was one hundred and fifty-five calories per cookie. That, that sounds reasonable. <sighs> I don't know. Our lives have been ruined I'm by so, this. Do you remember that episode? I don't remember if it's come out yet or if it's going to come out. But Nathan's like, he doesn't care. They don't care about the nutrition facts. I was like, oh, I do oh, yeah. care. Was that a Mono's episode? I, th- I, don't I, don't know, I don't remember which one, but that's funny. Yeah, oh, okay. this is me deeply caring about the nutrition facts. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's called the deep choco. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh my, it's deeply depressing it's when we deep- find out the truth <laughs> of this snack. But uh, deeply delicious. If you want to check in on us uh, as we go through this hearts, caloric intake, you can do so collectively at John Chi Show on all the social media platforms. If you want to get direct about it, send us an email, johnchishow at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voicemail, 972-677-8867. If you want to support us and buy us snacks that aren't so calorically based, you can go to our website, johnchishow.com, and buy us a coffee. You can support us in a number of different ways, buy us some merch, and then we can buy lesser calorie snacks, which is something I'm actually very interested in at the moment. Um what else do we got? Oh, if you want to leave us a rating or review on wherever you're listening to or taking this in at, we would greatly appreciate that as well. And I think that's it for our total stuff. Oh, if you're going to be in LA this weekend for Beta LA, we can't wait to see you as well. Very excited Woo. for that. Yeah. Shout out to AKSF and all the other AKA West Coast organizations who are bringing us out. We appreciate that. Um, if you want to check in on us individually, at Patrick in the world, wherever I want to be found for myself, Patrick, I can't even, I'm, the calories have destroyed my brain. It's going to his head. Actively slowing him down. Uh, I'm at KJ Relke, wherever I want to be found on the internet, which is actually just going to be on my bed forever. I've gone full Garfield. Gone full Garfield. I am N. Nowak on Instagram, Nathan Nowak on Facebook. And uh, yes, that was a lot of butter. But we have, our energy has just plummeted. <laughs> <laughs> we are deep depression. <laughs> deep yeah, choco. I'm, I'm very sad. <laughs> Nathan, were you about to say good. something? I'm just saying it was pretty good. I was going to leave out my dad joke. So. <laughs> but it was pretty good. It was yeah. delicious. Okay. All right. Well, until next time, banquet, 
Hey yo! Hey yo! Mess that up too. <laughs> oh, good lord! I'm gonna die. Uh. Yeah, right now I'm like, I'm okay, but I know in the morning I'm gonna I be have like, serious oh. regrets. I'm not gonna be happy in the morning. I know that for Yikes. sure. Yikes! Yeah.